the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. I, of course, am Allison H. Larson, and I'm so glad that you're listening today. Today's topic is social awareness and really creating social awareness in your businesses, in your communities, uh, maybe just even within your family or within your heart. So I have two guests today that have been able to do that. In just a moment, we're going to hear from Andrew Steele. But before we do that, I just wanted to share with you, uh, I have grown to love social awareness and really social consciousness. As I've come to travel around the world, as I've gotten to know so many people in many different places, what I've come to learn is even though we may look different, even though we may dress different, even though we may make different amounts of money, at the core, we are all the same. Every human being has three basic needs, to be loved to be needed, and to feel like they're making a difference in the world. So our first guest today, Andrew Steele, is doing that for himself and for other people around him through his organization. I want to tell you a little bit about him, and you'll, you'll hear his accent in just a minute. It's a- absolutely a sexy accent. Uh, if my husband's listening, hopefully he'll understand. Uh, but Andrew Steele is basically an Australian actor. He's a producer, a musician. He's starred numerous Australian TV shows and films. And uh, he made the move to Los Angeles in 2016. And last year, Andrew wanted to create a community where people's voices could be heard. And so what he did was he established his own nonprofit organization called Flicks for Change. And this Flicks for Change is a film festival with a social conscious. And his festival acts as a platform to have artistic and humanitarian voices heard. So we're going to hear a little bit more from him about that. But I also wanted to mention something else. Now, Frank Shankwitz is a friend of mine. He's on uh, the board of my Speakers Coalition. And Andrew is actually playing Frank in an upcoming movie. Frank is the founder of Make-A-Wish. And, uh, Andrew, you're going to be playing Frank in the upcoming movie, The Wish Man. So welcome to the show, Andrew Steele. Well, thank you, ma'am. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll be playing Frank Shankwitz, uh, Arizona Highway Patrolman, uh, yeah, from 1980. So that's that's. Hey, that's I just Frank's told everybody you had an Australian there. accent. And you come well, out did that. you? You said you had a sexy <laughs> accent. Now, now, now uh, Arizonian <laughs> accents are pretty sexy, too, I think. But um, anyway, now I'll cut, I'll cut, I'll drop out a character. Um, right here I am, uh, Aussie, Aussie Andy, so to speak. Um, yes, from Sydney, Australia, and this is my Australian accent. But uh, I will be, uh, I will be playing Frank, so I've got that Arizonan drawl in the in the back pocket, ready to go for shooting. Great. So, yeah, well, I wanted to, I want to start today. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a little bit about what you're doing now in your life. You're going to be playing Frank, and we definitely want to talk more about Flicks for Change. I want all of our listeners to find out how they can be involved in that. But I want to start with your story. 
You grew up in Australia. What really sparked your passion or your why for becoming somebody who wanted to create more social awareness? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, you know, so growing up in Australia, I was, I was, I was very lucky. I mean, I think anybody in Australia and look in America, like, you know, these, these two country, countries have got so much going for them. And um, just to be born in those countries is a really great, great start. Um, so, but my, my beautiful father is a, is a, was in, in the travel industry. And so from a very young age, We'd constantly be going to different places and different cultures and seeing how different it was. We'd go to Bali or we'd go to, you know, Africa or we'd, be, and we'd see all these incredible places and, and just see the love that is there and how people don't need a lot of money to, to be happy. And there's always these big smiles on these toothless grins and you go, well, it's kind of infectious, that kind of zest for life. Even if you didn't speak the language, you understood that they were appreciative of you being there and, and this positive stuff. So ever since I was little, that was always instilled in me that, that you didn't need a lot to, to be happy. And, um, and so, yeah, basically I, I've, you know, I've, I've gone through, I've, I've had a, you know, I've had a blessed, blessed life. Um, and, well, Andrew, uh, yeah, I want to kind of yeah. go, I want to kind of stop right there and go back a little bit to, uh, what you just said about how it was instilled in you that you didn't need a lot to be happy. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think you're a really great example of somebody who can find happiness or who recognizes that happiness doesn't necessarily come from material things, but yet you aren't or you have not been content. You've pushed yourself to grow. You've challenged yourself to become a good leader. And I just wanted to share a real, a real quick story with you and wanted to hear your take on that because I think for a lot of people, they think, well, if I don't need a lot of things to be happy, then I should be content with what I have. I should be content with where I am. And I think what happens is a lot of times people get comfortable where they are and they don't really push themselves. So just a real quick story to illustrate this, and then I want to hear your, your take on that, um, and mm-hmm. then I want to yeah. hear the rest of your story. But um, So just the other day, I went with my two sons to pick strawberries, to make strawberry jam at a field close to our house. I live in rural Idaho. And when I got to, to the strawberry picking field, there was somebody helping us who was obviously not from our country. Um, she spoke Spanish, and she had her two sons there that were translating for her that spoke English. One was six and one was ten. And the six-year-old took me and my sons out to show us where the fields were. And as we were walking, he looked up at me and he says, I'm the luckiest boy alive. And I said, Jose, why are you the luckiest boy alive? And he said, because I live here. And he pointed across the field to a rundown trailer home. And then he said, and I get to eat berries all day long. Mm -hmm. And I'm never hungry. And that really struck me because he really, in that moment, was the luckiest boy alive, and part of me envied him for being so happy and so content with what he had, and part of me inside just wanted to tell him, that's so amazing, and that's a great dream, and maybe that's your parents' dream, but you know you can, you can go for more. You don't need to be content with this. And so as you, were telling, as you were telling your journey, that story came to my mind. So what would you tell somebody? What is the balance between being happy with what you have but yet not being content? 
Well, I mean, there's that, a very sweet story, and you know, I guess part of that is the innocence of youth, and and um, you, you know, uh, being content, and obviously he has the love of the family, and and the, and the berries are delicious, and um, and uh, it's, it, I guess, the question is like when he moves further, and and how like so, yeah, def- definitely. You don't need to be content with what you have. I mean, be content with what you have, but also, and maybe there's a raspberry, um, you know, plantation kind of down the road. He might be, as he grows up, gets, gets more curious, and there's nothing wrong with that. And as we grow, um, we we are interested by new things, and and and. But I, I think there's something to be said for enjoying the moment and and being content with that. Now and then, in the morning, he grows up and he sees a banana plantation. You know, try a banana. Like it's that's the exciting thing about life. And and as you said, yeah, that, that you, you can be you know slightly envious of this um, child. That that that's that's all that matters. But I, I think that's the exciting thing of life. That there are so many different things and and so many things to try and and to, to get excited by. Um, but yeah, like I think as this boy grows up, he's, he's going to want to explore the village. He's going to want to explore, you know, all these kind of things, and that's um, that's really exciting as well. But but yeah, I, I, so how did per- you go from that yeah. little boy who was happy and realized you didn't need a lot of things to be happy to where you are today, which is happy and also very successful in what you're doing. Well, I mean, I think an, an example of that is is me uh, through through my acting career in Australia. Um, you know, getting getting jobs and loving the jobs that were there, and and um, as Australia's got a fraction of the people of the United States, it also has a fraction of the the entertainment industry, so a fraction of the jobs. And you know, so when you're kind of looking looking at these big roles, and you're going, oh, I want one of these roles, kind of thing. But then you think, okay, how am I going to get one of these roles? And for me, the the option seemed to be to move to, to Los Angeles and then make a, make a splash over here and then the ripples will, will uh, you know, affect my, the, the industry back in Australia and then I'll be pulled back for some more stuff there. So in, in a way, you know, my strawberries were, were the Australian industry and now I'm looking for the other plantations of the mixed berries over in here in Los Angeles. And um, it was coming over here. I've been, I've, I've been here for a year and... Um, just keeping my eyes open and, you know, open to all the, all of the different experiences and meeting people and, you know, really getting to know what they, what were their journey and, and then how, how, you know, how they came through. So, cause you're not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but then, then when you show an interest in people, they help you back. And the perfect example of that is, um, uh, you know, I, I when I met Frank Shankwitz, um, the founder of the Make a Wish Foundation. It was after he was giving a talk at, um, and um, and I came to him and I, I started telling him hat in hand that you know I'm so in awe of what you've done over 37 years, 415 thousand wishes they've done, which is absolutely incredible worldwide. And wow. um, and I said, look, I'm just starting my own nonprofit, like Flicks for Change, as a film festival of the social conscience and. You know, wanting to get all these different nonprofits involved and talk about their issues and talk about have art as something that we can talk about humanitarian issues, but you know, inspire people through art and through filmmaking. Um, and there's a bunch of other elements to our film festival. It's an interactive thing online, and there's virtual reality, and there's all these very exciting things. But the point was, I, I, I was I was saying I was just in awe and. 
because I had put myself almost in his shoes and then thought, how can I help other people? How can I give back? For once, I wasn't thinking about how am I going to get a role? Like, how am I going to make it in this town? Mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, I want to give an opportunity to other artists who are doing amazing things to, to to have a platform to have their humanitarian voices heard. Because I did that, he saw something of himself in me and straight then and there, he said, you know, somebody like you should be playing me in this movie. And he looks over to Greg wow. Ray, he's an incredible entrepreneur. He, I know you know, he's the producer of the film. He goes, hey, Greg, this guy should play me in the movie. And I say to Frank, what movie? And he's like, wish, man, it's the story of my life. He was like, you should play me right then and there. Like, he hadn't even seen the act. He hadn't seen anything. Completely not the way it usually goes. I wasn't going to mention that at the time. Hey, Frank, this is not how your casting generally goes. But I was like, you know, he was like, can you ride a motorcycle? Can you do this? The point is he saw something in himself and he was like, this is the kind of person that I want to represent me, which is an incredible endorsement. I was just like, obviously at the time you think, okay, great. Yeah, a lot of people say a lot of things and blah, blah, blah. But he was serious. And then they checked out my stuff. Luckily, I can act. And then I auditioned for them and did all that process. But, you know, for Theo Davies, an incredible writer, director, went down to San Diego, did that. They said, we love you. And Frank just wants you to play him. So you got the job. And it was like you know, such a surreal that, that is, kind of that is, thing. Yeah, that is so incredible. One thing that I've really learned about as I've, as I've grown my business, as I've gotten to know more people around the world, and, and you know, this can apply to everybody, even if you are starting your business in your home right now, even if you only have two clients, but I think we can learn a great lesson from you, Andrew, and that is, is if you are truly desiring to help other people, you will attract opportunities into your life. Now, I think there's a difference between being self-sacrificing and, you know, not accepting money and things like that. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to get paid. I just want to help people. I, I, I don't think that's what you did, but what you, what you did was you said, I want to take my gifts, I want to take my talents, I want to take what I have, and I want to help make a bigger difference in the world. I want to create this social awareness. And by just doing that, you attracted this amazing opportunity into your life. So if you could give our listeners one piece of advice when it comes to really creating those opportunities for yourself through giving, what would it be? What would be an actionable item that they could do today? Ooh, okay. What, what's what's uh, an example of um, what they can do? You know what? I'm I'm a massive believer of of simply smiling. You know, walking walking down the street, exchanging energies with people that you don't know who are coming from wherever they're coming from uh, in their life, whatever they're doing. You walk out, there's a quick scan of who is this person, are they a threat, are they a potential love interest, are they whatever. And if you go down and you kind of just smile and say, hey, how are you today? Like, good morning. Like, have a great day. Like, have a smile. Like, you'll be surprised how many, some people won't know what to do. Some people will smile and then there's this exchange of a positive energy and they're going to take that and walk that on. Like, I mean, it's so simple. And, you know, we get, we get so caught up in our daily grind in, in what, what we're trying to do. But if you just kind of stop for a second and have that human interaction, like, that's the most powerful thing that we can do. And 
to it to you know ignite our own fires and then you go out and you do your stuff and it, everything's in a positive light and you know what I think is so amazing about these you know uh, after meeting Greg Reed and all these uh, entrepreneurs that I've been kind of meeting and, and blessed to kind of hang out with everybody's helping each other like it's it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a you versus me versus them it's it's let's all do this together and that's very much what Flicks for Change is about you know we're, we're creating this. This, our own community, where we bring in communities like, you know, I was at the, um, the, the, the Resist March um, in West Hollywood uh, yesterday, uh, on Sunday, and, um, you know, I saw uh, Patrice Cullors, who's one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter, yeah, and, and I asked her if she'd want to be involved with, with Flicks for Change, and she's looking into coming down in, uh, in November um, when, when we have our event in um, in downtown LA and I'm just asking her to bring what she knows and to bring her community to bring all these communities together and 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 let's let's do it together because you know that's it it's one love it's one race it's one you know not you know we're one humans you know um, right so I, well and here's, here's what I really is, like about what you're yeah. saying and, and I would I would encourage all, all the, our listeners to write this down so if you're listening write this down. It seems really simple, but here's what I've heard from what you've said so far. You know, one, smile. Just smile at people. And I'm going to add one in there as well, and that is look into their eyes. Make the eye contact. Mm. It's so rare now that we actually look at somebody in the eye and smile. And in fact, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to the whole Hollywood scene and California and things like that. And I'm just, I, I mean, I'm a, a girl from Idaho. i live in a town still of less than 5,000 where, you know, it's pretty normal to walk by the street, you know, and see somebody on the street. Of course, you probably know them, and you smile and say hello. But when I first got into Hollywood and started associating with some groups of people, I had a friend who said, Allison, you've got to stop smiling. You're smiling too much. People are going to think you're too eager. You've just, you've got to stop smiling or you're going to get taken advantage of all the time. And I've definitely had to learn some lessons. But I remember having to make a a conscious choice right then, and I told her, no, I'm not going to stop doing that because my mission and my purpose is I want to raise the frequency on the planet. I want everybody who I come in contact with to feel a little bit better about themselves, and sometimes all I can do is give them a smile, and they can choose whether to smile back or not. What they do with that smile is not up to me, but it's my way of sharing my light a little bit. So I really like how you said that. And then the third thing that I heard from you in what you've been saying that you can really do and and the way that you can can grow and live is by making a conscious choice not to be competitive, to shift that mental attitude to there's enough of the pie for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. not like I'm going to get my share, you're going to get your share, but let's all work together. And I think that... Those are the three things that I would write down as actionable items yeah, as far I think, as creating, like, need to create that it, social awareness. Yeah, taking those little steps to help somebody. Like if somebody's short on the bus there, like on the first one to give somebody a few dollars to, you know, to, to try and get on the bus or, you know, if there's some, an old lady trying to walk across the road, it's like, you know, a lady trying to go downstairs with a pram, like. It's those kind of things, like, when you notice something, even talking to people in the lift, like, those kind of things, just like, hey, how you doing? If you notice something, if people will recognize mm-hmm. it, 
and then you comment on it, then there's a shared experience and it's not just an awkward thing. Like, it's, um, yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had in this world and we should be smiling and, and having that fun with each other. And I think, too, another thing is you weren't afraid. Like, you saw Patrice colors at that event, and you knew you had something that you could give or offer to her, and so you actually went up and spoke with her. And I think a lot of people become afraid, and they they get this thought or this idea, well, I should go talk to that person, and then they talk themselves out of it. And I will say the difference between a good event and a life-changing event, the difference between a good conversation and a life-changing conversation comes down to one word, and that's action. So you actually Mm -hmm. took action. And Andrew, we're going to go to commercial break here in just a minute. When we come back, we're going to hear more about Flicks for Change, how you can get involved in that. And also, I want to talk a little bit more about the upcoming Spirit Summit. It's this Saturday in L.A., and I know you're going to be involved in that. I reached out to you about that uh, just a couple of weeks ago now, and you've already done so much to help uh, with that event Mm -hmm. as well. So stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Andrew Steele, who is playing Frank Shankowitz in the upcoming movie, The Wishman. He also does uh, owns an organization called Foots for Change. We're going to hear more about that and the upcoming Spirit Summit. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Greg Reed Show takes you behind the scenes with some of the most successful entrepreneurs and influencers the world has to offer. Greg S. Reed is known as a master storyteller and a highly sought after motivational keynote speaker. You'll learn that successes have their downsides and challenges as well. Find out how Greg and his guests have overcome these challenges to become some of the top influencers today. Listen to The Greg Reed Show, Mondays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. 
Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm here with the inspirational Andrew Steele. He's playing Frank Shankowitz in the upcoming movie, The Wishman. He also started an organization a while ago called Flicks for Change that's creating social awareness. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit more about Flicks for Change. What is it, and how are you creating social awareness through your program? Great. So, Flicks for Change, it's a, it's a film festival with a social conscience. So, Basically, it's, it's a summit of a bunch of different incredible non-profits that are coming together and, and the films that represent their different causes. So last year, we had 30 films over three days, um, mainly short films that, that had a range of different social, social justice issues. And, and, you know, the only criteria for the, for the films are that it needs to include or um, talk about uh, oppressing social issues. So that could be anything from homelessness to addiction to, to gay rights to Black Lives Matters, um, but it could also just be about love or about, you know, um, grieving or, you know, these kind of things. So what we, we want to have incredible art that uh, through films that, that people are watching and they're touched, moved, inspired to, to do something and, uh, and, and to make a change, but also we want to have the, the conversation with the members of the public, but also with, with celebrity activists, heads of non-profits, uh, the filmmakers themselves. We want to talk about you know, where we can move forward as a society and a community. We're really very much trying to create our own community with Flicks for Change, a community that goes year-round where people are able to get involved with, you know, discussion forums online, but also to Mm -hmm. watch the films from previous years. And, um, yeah, so it's very much, it's it's summit. We're going to have live music before and after. It's a really great event um, down in Boomtown Brewery in downtown L.A., um, it'll be from the 12th to the 14th of November this year, um, but we're very excited to, okay. to welcome all the So the 14th of November is actually when you're holding your live film festival, um, where people That's can right. come 12th, and view those 12th, films? Correct, 12th to the 14th, so 12th, 13th, oh, 12th and 14th, potentially 15th as well. Um, but yeah, we're getting a lot of incredible submissions, and we're working with some amazing you know, groups. You know, one of the groups we're working with is the group called the Hidden Tears Project, and and yeah. they're about um, raising aware, raising awareness for for human trafficking. And, well, and thanks and, to you, uh, I've gotten to know Jordan, who uh, is one of the co-founders of the Hidden Tears Project, and she is mm-hmm. fabulous. I've gotten to know her a little bit. I'm excited to have her at the upcoming Spirit Summit, too. And I want to talk about the Spirit Summit. Um, I know we've got Tanya Brown waiting on the line. We're going to have her on next. But before you go, Andrew, there's a couple of things I want to know from you. First of all, most of our listeners on this call probably aren't movie producers. They aren't actors or actresses. But if they want to get involved in the Flicks for Change, if they want to help with this social awareness, uh, you said there were some places where they could go online and actually have discussions. Uh, they can come to the film festival. How can they? How can they get involved? Sure. Well, I mean, the first thing they can do is jump onto our website. It's Flicks mm-hmm. for Change. That's F L I C K S Flicks, and then the digit for Change dot org. You can jump on there, see what we're all about. Also, we'd love you to sign up to our mailing list um, so that we can keep you updated with the you know, early bird pricing specials, um, where to get your tickets, how to submit your films. Um, but also, we'd, love, we'd really love you to come down and get involved. Um, for the people that aren't going to be in the L- L- LA area from the 12th to the 14th of November, 
but do want to get involved. You know, something as we're a nonprofit, um, we're we're very much uh, looking for for financial sponsorship or partnerships. Um, so if people want to come and uh, potentially sponsor some some dollars or corporate corporate sponsorship, we would absolutely love that. In that case, if they can shoot me an email to Andrew at Flix for Change, F-L-I-C-K-S, digit for change.org. Shoot me an email. We can open up a dialogue and we can see how we can serve your needs as well. So if it's a partnership for another nonprofit or, or if you've got certain things that you'd like, obviously we can you know, do all the corporate stuff where we put your, your, your logos wherever. But, you know, we, we just want to, you know, see how we can serve you guys. Um, but, you know, also... Yeah, we're uh, excited to, to make this festival incredible, and also we have we have big dreams of moving it to different cities and different countries, and and really seeing what the people of the world um, have to say about the the issues in their areas that we might necessarily know about, but I think we can all relate to because you know the human condition is uh, is worldwide. Great, yeah, and and I I think that is such a great vision, a great dream. Andrew, uh, we're excited to have you at the upcoming spirit, uh, upcoming spirit, upcoming spirit summit. We're excited mm-hmm. to have your spirit at the upcoming spirit summit uh, coming up this Saturday in Los Angeles. And the spirit summit, of course, we're going to be celebrating Flicks for Change and other nonprofits, uh, charitable organizations, and really foundations that give back. So, uh, and I, I know there's there's something else too. You actually have a written a song about Frank Shankwitz, and this uh-huh. is going to be totally uh, totally a surprise to you. But I want to invite you to perform that song at the Spirit Summit. Um, would you be willing to do that? I would love that. That would be incredible. Great. Okay, amazing. We will, okay. Of course, we'll be honoring Frank there as well. So uh, we'll definitely talk more after this radio show about that, and then. I have actually asked Andrew as well to give us a sneak peek of that song. So you're going to be doing a video later today. When I post this recording, I'm going to have that video up there. So not only is Andrew an actor, he's a musician, he's a humanitarian. Uh, If you want to get to know Andrew, come to the upcoming Spirit Summit in L.A. Tickets are actually sold out, but I know, Andrew, you do have a few tickets, and you gave everybody your email address. So I'm going to make this offer for you. Hopefully you're okay with it. If you want a ticket, email Andrew, and he'll tell you how you can get one. So, Andrew, thank yeah. you so much for being on today. Check out Flicks uh, for Change. Of course, of course. I just need to clarify something. The early bird tickets mm-hmm. are sold out. There are still plenty of tickets available. So don't feel like, okay. oh, I can't go to this. But please email me. Let's create a dialogue, and we'd love you to have, love to have everybody there. Great. Sounds good. Well, Andrew is not the only person that will be at the upcoming Spirit Summit. We're going to have great people like Frank Shankwitz there. Um, we'll have uh, the, the founder of Share Hope USA, who's an 8-year-old boy. He's now 10 years old. They've been able to feed over 6,000 homeless people in the L.A. and Orange County area. Uh, we're also going to have another special guest there, Tanya Brown. And Tanya is here today joining us on our call. So, Tanya, are you there? Hi, Allison. How are you? Hi. So glad to have you. And I want to introduce you to our guest, Tanya. Uh, Tanya Brown, when I first met her, I will, I will never forget, you walked in the room, you had this huge smile on your face, and I swear, you lit up the entire room with your smile and with your, with your spirit of, of happiness oh. and kindness, and you radiated that love out into that room. But I know for you, it wasn't always that way, and 23 years ago, 
yesterday, your sister was actually murdered, and um, I know you've, you've struggled with that. And so today I've asked you to be on this call because you are creating social awareness through love. You have touched me so deeply, Tanya, with your big heart and your willingness to give and serve. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about your story because you didn't always feel that way, did you? No, I didn't. Thank you so much, Allison. I, and you know what? My smile, I want to say thank you, Dad, because he spent a lot of money on braces for four years. <laughs> and I can't get... It's a beautiful I, smile. I can't get... I can't get fillers for my processes because I smile too much and it goes away in a week. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, like like you said, I, I have not always been this way. However, uh, I always had a smile and I was always that girl who always made sure everybody was uh, basically a people pleaser. I wanted to make sure everybody was happy and, you know, if I was at, if there were five parties on a Friday night at, at you know, at, during high school, I'd be at all 10. I just was very, very social. However, grief started happening. A lot of losses and a lot of tragedies started happening when I was in high school. And I had a very sick friend of mine in during that time. And back in the 80s, we didn't have grief counseling like the kids have today. You know, ever since Columbine, we have, we that was you know, the beginning of crises, intervention, at the time yeah. the event happened. And back then, our counselors were, where do you want to go to college after Dana Hill? <laughs> and nobody was there to really process the loss that perhaps happened during the weekend or during the week and car accidents and so forth. So, so I true. I remember losing a classmate of mine when I was a sophomore, and I was just devastated. I'd gone to school with him yeah. since kindergarten. We weren't necessarily best friends, but, you know, I'd never lost anybody my age before, and I remember yeah. they they let us go to his funeral, so they dismissed anybody in the class who wanted to go to his funeral, and that, that was it. We, we just kind of had to yeah. deal with it on our own. So, yeah, I can, can totally identify with you, what you were saying. Exactly. So, my whole thing is, and now my message is, we've got to walk through the tornado of pain. And yeah, it's painful and it's hard and it's dark. But you know what? The thing is, when you do that, you're able to heal quicker. And I'm not talking about just, you know, losing somebody from a death. It can be a divorce, it can be a job transition. It can even be a pet, and we all know that pets are family members. So pain yeah. is immeasurable. You can't measure it because what may be painful and stressful for me may not be for you. We all handle chaos and pain and grief and transition differently, right? So yeah, that's true. My my big loss was two years after high school. I lost my best friend Harissa in a hit and run accident in South Laguna Beach in California, and that is when, in hindsight, looking back now with my professional and educational experience, I could diagnose myself with clinical depression. And I firmly believe that stemmed from the, the not inability, but the lack of direction on how to grieve through the losses that I experienced in high school. So it wasn't, my pain really wasn't revealed until 2004. That's how much suppression I did, and that's how long it took for me to basically pop. And so that's, again, I'm all about walking through the tornado of pain as it shows up in your life, whether it's stress or anxiety as well. So when you're faced with adversity, then you're, it, it doesn't make it 
adversity will never go away. Obstacles will always happen. However, you're able to navigate through the stress and the chaos with more ease. It doesn't make it easier. It doesn't mean that, oh, it's okay. It's just it makes it easier because you've acquired self-care strategies and coping skills on how to get through the hard times. And, yeah, and you know, you brought yeah, something up to me a while ago that really stuck with me. So mm-hmm. 23 years ago, you lost your sister. Before you yeah. lost her, and, and you, of course, your sister's Nicole Brown Simpson, and it, that was a very public loss. Uh, a lot of very. us go through losses in our life, and they aren't that public. So you not only lost your sister, you also, it was a very public there were lots of different mm-hmm. speculations around it. That would have been horrific. The dynamic. She said some, yeah, she said something to you, and it was during your last conversation that you had with her, and I remember mm-hmm. writing it down after you told oh, that to you. me. And it had to, had to do with something about deleting. And could uh-huh. you could you tell everybody what that is? And if you're listening, I would suggest that you write this down too because it absolutely... Uh, touched me. So do you remember what you told me? Oh, absolutely. This is 30 years later, and I was sitting in my room at UCSD, and I, I was a student down in San Diego, and I'm sitting in my living room, and I was having a really hard time down there. It was a very cerebral school, and I'm very social, but I worked really hard to get into that university, and during my educational time down there, suicidal thoughts started coming through my mind. And the Coronado Bridge was looking appealing because of all the losses I experienced in my life that I didn't feel was leading to suicidal ideations. And nobody's immune to this. And I, I say this in a strong tone because nobody is immune. You don't wake up one day and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to kill myself 20 years later. You don't wake up feeling that way. It's, it's a culmination of life stress that got me to that point. And I remember sitting in my, in my living room. My roommates are gone. The curtains are drawn. I've got a glass of wine in my, hat, in my hand. I'm watching Casablanca, and it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. That's not healthy for a 22-year-old. Would you agree? I, so I would, I would kids, agree. Absolutely. So at that very moment when I was going into that state of ambivalence, should I stay in the school, should I leave, the phone rang, and it was my sister, Nicole. And, you know, obviously we all know Nicole went through her challenges, as we all know, And but unbeknownst to me, she was going to therapy, and her therapist shared this quote. And, I, again, if you have time or if you have access to a piece of paper and pen, I really I, I encourage you to write this down. Delete the need to understand. We don't need to understand everything. Some things just are. Delete the need to understand. People who are writing that down. Delete the need to understand. Delete the need to understand everything. Add in everything in there. We don't need to understand everything. Some things just are. You know, we live in a society where we try to figure things out, like, why did I say that? Why didn't, as a presenter, as a speaker, you know, and, and I'm sure your listeners can, can relate to this, sometimes we get off stage and we're like, my God, why didn't I say that? And then we beat ourselves up, right? So we have this little hamster in our head sometimes that doesn't 
slow down, and then it, it turns into negative di- self-dialogue. And then we get down on ourselves, and we punch ourselves down, and this little hamster doesn't stop until you learn how to control it. Just go, wow, you know what? Give yourself some grace so you forgot to share a message or you shared something, you know, that maybe you shouldn't have with somebody and stop eating yourself up. So it's so yeah. easy. It's so easy. It's, but it's, it's so hard, but it's such an easy quote. Delete the need to understand everything. We don't need to understand everything. Some things just are. And one of the things that you said earlier, too, and we need to go to commercial break, so when we come back, I, I want to hear specifically from you what you feel like are the indicators to somebody who may be experiencing depression and then what you did to get out of that and what you're doing now to help the world because I know you've got a great uh, a program that you've started, a challenge for mm-hmm. people, and I want you to be able to talk about that. But one thing, and I want to leave our, our listeners with this before we go to commercial, one thing you said really struck me. When you, when you talk about deleting the need to understand and being able to process your pain in the moment, I think sometimes we feel emotions and we don't understand why we're feeling them and we don't think we should be, so we shove them down. And then like you right. said about when your friend died, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like that one drop of water that makes the glass overflow. And so one of the things right. that I've done, and I know you teach people how to do too, is don't try and justify what you're feeling. If you're feeling an emotion, feel allow it. yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to process through that. And it, mm-hmm. I know since I've been doing that, I've experienced uh, such a fuller life, uh, and there are yeah. those painful moments, but I'm able to process through that quickly. So we're going to go to commercial now. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Tanya Brown, uh, so stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is the real social impact that those in the entertainment industry are making? Indie Vision Radio with host Scott C. Brown, the founder of the Indie Vision Project and Maxit Magazine, is a personal conversation about their work in the industry and the impact they're having on humanity. From world health to world peace, you're given a true behind-the-scenes look at what those working in the indie realm are doing to make a positive influence on the world. On the Influencers Channel, tune in to Indie Vision Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you want to transform your mindset to get more from life and enjoy more success, then don't just get motivated, be inspired. 
Listen as hosts James Dentley and Stephen Pierce take you on a fun, bold, and exciting adventure that will inspire you with ideas, stories, and success strategies to help you find your passion, live your dreams, and experience more happiness and success. Tune in to Be Inspired every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your future depends on it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. We're here with Tanya Brown. I'm so honored to have her with us. She is speaking all over the nation now, both on TV, different stages at schools, talking about depression, talking about how to deal with emotions, and she has a new movement and a challenge that she has for everybody. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But Nicole, if or I just called you your sister's name, Tanya. Okay. If somebody, if okay. somebody wants to get a hold of you, maybe to speak at a school or at their organization, at their corporation, how would they get a hold of you? Oh, absolutely. Just email me, Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at TanyaBrown.net. And this goes all the way from colleges, universities, high schools, junior high schools. I I just had to bury a 10-year-old from depression. So, I mean, it's, but really what it is, it's stress and chaos and and people just don't know how to manage it. So they resort to um, suicide or pills or violence. Yeah. And this is a message that definitely needs to get out there. And I want to mention, too, Tanya is also a member of the Speakers Coalition. I'm the founder of the Speakers Coalition. So if you want to hear, if you want to look at her uh, bio, if you want to look at her picture, speaking topics, you can always go to speakerscoalition.com as well. And then make sure and get a hold of her. This is a very important message to get out there in schools. I was just talking to Tanya and break about my daughter and how she struggled a little bit with depression. And Tanya, what are some of the signs for somebody who's depressed? If there are parents out there listening, maybe uh, friends, spouses, what are some of the signs that somebody's dealing or struggling with depression? Are they isolating? I think that's first. I, that's the first and foremost. They used to have a lot of friends. Now they're maybe their courses of study is they're becoming overlo- overwhelmed. Um, I, I really believe isolation is going to be the first and foremost. Do they not hang out with their friends anymore? Their social connections have kind of depleted. Also, do they talk? Sometimes we say things jokingly, like, oh, my God, I'll just go kill myself. Take that seriously, because especially being a teenager, this is not a phase. Take it very seriously. And I also want to say to the parents, start, I work a lot with parents, and I say it very emphatically, stop forcing your kids to go into a line of study that is not in alignment with who they are. If you want to be a lawyer, you're not going to go into a school that that specializes in theater. Make sure that the courses of study are in alignment with who you are because, again, Northern Arizona, there was this kid, I just had to bury him. His kids made him go to Northern Arizona University, and he became overwhelmed, didn't have social connection. So this is very real, but I really believe isolation is very important and also pay attention to the little into windows. Ah, whatever, I'll just go kill myself or I'll just, uh, you know, go lock myself up in the room. Take it seriously. Well, and and I, have think, a conver- I think it's- Have a conversation. 
Yeah, and I think it's more than just the school, too. I think that can go for sports. It can go for music. Oh, and I, I think a way to sum that up is quit making your dreams your children's dreams. Because yes. I absolutely agree that that's where we feel depressed is when we feel like we can't live our purpose or express right. our dreams. So great advice, great tips. So, Tani, what are a couple of tips that you would give to somebody out there who's listening that may be feeling depressed? And maybe it's not a clinical depression, not that chemical right. depression, but just those emotions. They feel overwhelmed. They feel depressed. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning. They feel like they have nothing to look forward to. What are some of the tips that you would give them to overcoming that depression or, or being able to deal with it? Yeah, this could go into the corporate sector, right? So there's stress in corporate. There's stress in family. Wherever you go, stress can follow you. So I'm an advocate for you got to talk about it. That's my, that's my underlying mm-hmm. message beyond every, every tip that I have. I have Tanya's Tools for Change in the back of my book, Finding Peace Amid the Chaos. And, but the number one thing, you've got to talk about your pain, your struggles, so you can learn to manage your overwhelm and your stress because we all have it. But we're not born with coping skills. We don't learn it. We're not taught this. And so with just a few little tips on slowing down, taking breaks from your, your collegiate studies, or if you're a corporate leader or staff member, take breaks, slow down the mind. Our brains are so overwired. And I talked to a psychiatrist briefly, and I know we got to go, but he said the brain is Stress. Not only are the people stressed, but the brain is stressed. And until we learn how to slow that down through meditation, through breath work, through taking breaks, enjoying nature, our brains control everything we do pretty much. Actually, everything we do. So it is the one thing that will either make you or kill you. So so interesting so interesting to me and you know as you're talking and tying back to what you said about the children before would you mm-hmm. agree that a lot of stress a lot of the stress in our life comes from expectations and that may be uh, expectations from other people or expectations we place on ourselves Oh, everything. I mean, especially with I, well, one, I always put self-imposed expectations on myself. I always compared myself to my sisters, my friends, or other corporate leaders. Why did this have to happen to me? Why can't I be like them? So you put a lot of self-imposed pressures on yourself, but also with the kids, they have the, they have the pressure from social media. My girlfriend, who, my God, I've known her forever, she said, You know, she had major suicidal thoughts. She had PTSD. And I said, how come you didn't reach out to me? She said, because you always look so happy and perfect on Mm -hmm. Facebook. And I'm like, are you kidding me? My life is is a hot mess. I just know how to manage it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really interesting point. And something I always say, too, is there are two kinds of struggles. There are external struggles and there are internal struggles. And sometimes we don't always know what someone's battling on the inside. I get that a lot, too. Well, you seem to have the perfect life, the perfect family, the perfect job, you know, the perfect whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. Allison, my next book, the next book I got to write really fast, the next book I got, I got to wait till everybody's dead to write it. You're gonna you're gonna tell all of those. Well, it, it, you know, here's yeah. I mean, there's so many expectations, but here's the thing too: is we compare our weaknesses to other people's strengths, 
and everybody yes. does it. Instead of focusing on what we're good at, we look at what other right. people are good at, and we see where we aren't as proficient in those areas. So one of the things that I have my clients do is make a list of their God-given gifts and talents. Make a list Absolutely. of their strengths, what they're really good at. And some of those things, I mean, maybe they're developed over time, but a lot of those things are things that we're just born with. I mean, you talked about, however, since you were a little girl, you were somebody that just loves to go to parties, to be social, to be, you know, the light yeah. of the party. And I really think you've embraced that because when I first saw you and walked in that room, you really did bring that light and that life into into the room. You've learned hey, life's tough, but I've got some strengths. I'm going to focus on those. And speaking of strengths, I want to talk about this movement that you've started and the challenge that you want to give to people in honor of your sister, who, again, just yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of her death. So uh, talk to me a little bit about this movement and what it is. I think a lot of people, the reason why we see a lot of depression and isolation is because people don't know how to connect with other people anymore. We don't hug. We actually get written up or get in trouble and call it sexual harassment for giving somebody a hug. And, you know, my necklace says huge hugs. I, you know, I, I sign my books huge hugs because I want to start the movement where give somebody a hug. Give somebody a hug that you care about, maybe even a stranger. Remember when we saw videos on Facebook where somebody would be standing in, in the middle of a marketplace saying free hugs? Do that. Yes, yes. I don't have the courage to do that. But you know what? Do it. It's like just start hugging people because people need touch. We touch our babies. What makes it different? We, we need to touch our loved ones. We need to put our hands on somebody's shoulder, ask for permission if you feel you're, if you're uncomfortable. But human touch is so healing, and it's so, it's really, a pro, but there's also appropriate hugging, so be, be mindful mm-hmm. of that. But I yeah. firmly believe why we are seeing so much chaos and sadness and depression in the world is that nobody is giving each other hugs or human connection, human touch. It's so important. Yeah. So important. So you've, so you've started the huge hug movement, and you're Give somebody a hug every for- day. Is to give somebody a hug every day to let them know every that day. you love them. So yep, because you don't know if so that's going to be the last time. You never do. You're right. You never do. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for being on today. Please take Tanya's challenge. Give somebody a hug every single day this week. Uh, support the huge hug movement in honor of her sister Nicole Brown Simpson. And thank you again, Tanya, for all that you're doing. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll see you Saturday. Okay, see you Saturday. So this Saturday, Tanya, of course, will be at the Spirit Summit. Today we've learned so much about social awareness. If you want to join a community of socially conscious entrepreneurs like Tanya, like Andrew, who we heard from on our show today, uh, join us at the upcoming Spirit Summit. That's this Saturday at the LAX Sheridan. Tickets are sold out. There are still a few free tickets available that were given to different sponsors and different affiliates. So if you're interested in finding one of those tickets, you can contact me, Allison, at soulintuition.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N at soulintuition.com. And my challenge for everybody today, my actionable item for you, is to take one thing that you've learned today from Andrew or for Tanya and make sure you act on that in creating social awareness and making the world a better place. This is Allison H. Larson and The Spotlight Show. See you next week.
you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.